This is Lekka. I'm Lucy Dearlove. Halfway through the day, I'll get like a really strong like yen for something. And I'll be like, I know that I'm gonna have to stop to get like all the ingredients for that. While I, like I've got a full pantry full of like perfectly good things I could make something a bit more sensible. And I'm like, I'm not going to. I'm gonna stop and get all the ingredients for that and I'm gonna make it. It's gonna be great. And like, you know, and I'll get like, what, like I'll get like a nice tin of anchovies. And I'll get, you know, love that kind of eating. I spent most of June and the beginning of July this summer in France. Paris and then Lyon, to be exact. Making a podcast about the Women's World Cup, actually. While I was in Paris, I was at a party. And at this party, I met Ellen Quinn Banville, who's originally from Dublin, but has lived in Paris for a good few years now. Within a few minutes of us chatting about food, which is what often happens when I meet people at parties, to be honest, I decided that I really wanted her to make me dinner. And so, as is my standard practice when I meet someone who I would like to cook for me, I asked if I could interview her for Lekker. And so that's how I ended up, on a sweltering Paris evening, still in the 30s after 7pm, heading over to her place in the 14th for a perfect hot weather dinner. Literally, I was like, I can't bear cooking, so we're not gonna have anything hot. I literally just bought like a load of tomatoes and like some good bread, some nice olive oil, some anchovies. How do you feel about anchovies? Oh, I love that. You like an anchovy? There's like, there's always the fear that someone's gonna be like, no thanks. And I'm like, you're actually incorrect. I don't believe that you've tried an anchovy in the last like year or so. They're so good, like little salty, salt guys. Oh, I, I, I personally don't understand what is not to like. Does that Me even make sense? No, but, I get it. I think yeah. it's like small fish. It's weird. I don't know. I like anything that's really strong and anything that's really salty. So that's, for me, me too. Me too. I feel like do you know what? Actually, I do feel like that's a real thing. There you go. Oh Thank my god! A gin and tonic on a hot day. Cheers. Yeah. Mm. Oh I yeah. What I was gonna say now about anchovies, but um, just great. Generally great. Top notch. Oh, that's what it was. Do you know what? Mm. That's one of the things that like, you know, when you like, when you like cook and you get like into cooking and all that kind of stuff, I feel like so often, I was talking to Hannah, my flatmate, about this last night. Literally, I was like, do you know what it is? Salt. Literally. I know it sounds really basic, but like, do you know, it's that thing. Like people are like, oh, I'll just like, I'll cook this. And then they like a little sprinkle of salt. And you're like, it would taste loads better if you use like half a handful of salt. Like, I'm sorry. And I know it's not good for you. I know too much salt isn't good it's for you. It's so true, though. But I'm just like, no, whack it in. It's like, listen thing. to Samin Nosrat. She knows what she's That's talking about. Literally, this is... This salt is, your water until is, it's painful. I, I still know. can't quite do that. Like, the, the I know. water's still a bit, like... Really? Oh, I, 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 I go overboard sometimes. It just weirds That's me out That's one of my, like, downfalls, is that I'll be like... Like, I have, like, tasted the... Because, you know, this is the thing that people are like, taste your pasta water, you know? And I've definitely started doing that and been like, that's... 
that's excessive. I've ever done it now. Like, it was the pasta. I know, in the opposite direction. No, the pasta had, like, I have made an edible pasta from, like, using too much salt. So, like. But you've got to go so far that way so you could. That's what I think. Like, go too far and then bring it back, is what I say. Do you think you generally have a savoury palate or do you just love salt? Yeah. No, I think I do have a savoury palate. Like, given the choice between, like, a cake and, like, a big bowl of pasta. Or, like, really nice bread and really nice butter. Like, I'm going to go for the bread and butter. How do you... I mean, yeah. you're in the land of, like... You're in the, like... Basically, the sweet carbs capital of the world. It's true. It's true. But uh, what I will say is, like, I give... So, I give, like, food tours and stuff. I mean, they're not really, like, food yeah. tours. But there's a sort of... It's, like, a sort of a halfway between, like, bits of, like, history and stuff. And, like, culture and bits. But we do one tour, which is, like, all pastries, you know? And then... Actually, that tour is great because it's like pastries, pastries, and then we go to like a wine bar and we finish and have like wine and cheese. And everyone's always like, oh, how can you resist like all these pastries? Like these are so beautiful. And I'm like, listen, I don't want to be like that asshole who's like, I'm just really used to like seeing macaron everywhere, you know? But like, you know, sure, like I'll have them once in a while. You know, I like a macaron, but like when we sit down then I'll be like, give me the cheese and give me the wine. And like literally every time I'm like, you'll notice. But I'm not turning anything down here. <laughs> like, I'll have that. Yeah. So where do you take people? That's really exciting. Yeah, it's cool. It's a really nice one. We do, like, a, we do a stop for a thing called a merveilleux, which is, like, a... Is that the layered thing? Yeah. yeah. It's, like, layers of meringue and cream. It's really good if you like meringues and cream, which, like, honestly, I could probably take or leave a meringue. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> statement. It's a big statement. But I just think that I, I don't like those really it. brittle ones. I like it when it's no, exactly. Like no, a they are exactly, and it's kind of it's not dissimilar to a pavlova. You know. Okay, I can get on board with that. Yes, yeah, like a sort not of every. Small I mean, this is the thing. Like you're saying that every day. I don't want that every day. That's the thing. I don't want it every day. But listen. And then so after the what is it the memory? So yes, yeah, so we do that, and then we do a Pierre Hermé macaron. Macaroon. Um, people go fucking nuts for them. People absolutely love them. It has not slowed down. Like, literally. Yeah. Like, consistently, I'll be like, oh, we're going to go here for Macaroon. And people are like, this is the place that we wanted to try. We're like, this is the place. Oh, my sister told me about this. Like, we have to go here. And I'm just like, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, they're definitely really good. But, like, consistently, it's always that. I, I sort of had them ruined for me a bit because yeah. I, I can't remember where I was working, but somebody, yeah. you know, when it's like a classic thing of like, oh, I've left some mac- I've left some treats in the kitchen and like, yeah, yeah. I think it was at a radio station and, yeah. and they were just lying around and I came in to do a show and like no one had said I could have one, but I was like, I'm just going to take one. Yeah, I'm going to have this. Thanks. And it was a pale green one, so I was like, got to be pistachio, ultimate yeah. flavour. It's my favourite flavour yeah. of anything. Oh God, what was it? It was olive. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> fine. But not when you're not, not when expecting, I was expecting it. Yeah, and not it when you're not like expecting it. These oh bits God. of olive in the filling. Bits of oh, yeah, no, it was quite. It was I a lot. And I mean, I like olives. Yeah. So it could have been worse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. But like again, an olive when you're expecting a sweet thing is like it's, it's a strange place to be. <laughs> Alarming. Like, yeah. 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 I didn't really know what was happening. Oh, listen. Um, this is all just like chopping but it's good this is this is this this is the only sort of cooking i'm really actually literally really like no i was like i can't i was like i was like thinking you know because like i love a pasta like if i have like people around like i'll do a pasta um and all of that but i was like i can't even fathom putting on like a large pot of hot water like and then i'll have to stand near it i was like no um and this is basically like night from now until like september this is basically like what i eat the entire time i'm like 
having tomatoes and mozzarella again. So has that been a routine you've developed over the summers with you been in Paris? Oh my gosh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I actually, like, I used to, it's almost mad, mad to think about it. But there was a time where I was like, I don't really like tomatoes. Like, I like, I like a tomato thing, but... I think um, they're a divisive... I think so too. I think it's a texture thing. See, I'm very, like, I'm a bit weird with some of my eating habits. um, In that it's, it, like, often leans quite textural. Okay. Like... So I, I'm really bad. I like don't like fruit. Okay, I, mean, I know. I bet it's your dentist like, loves you. It's true. I mean, this is the thing. Out of like fruits and vegetables, I'm like, listen, I eat plenty of vegetables, so it all balances out. But like, yeah, it's really weird, and I don't know why. But it's like, it's a textural thing. I'm like, okay. So what's your least favorite texture? I'd say like anything that's like, anything that's like sort of a squishy, but like with a bit of hold to it you know so like a peach or yeah like don't, a... I, honestly like peach and a banana like squishy not for me and like but even like i hate oranges i've had this like really? ongoing it's really weird this is like the weirdest thing about me i can't believe i'm admitting this this is the weirdest you, thing about have me you, have you always felt the same yeah i've literally like hated them since childhood when i was in boarding school someone like hid some orange peel under my under my pillow literally freaked out i was sleeping in for a I actually have a friend who also fears fruit and she yeah. won't touch it. It's really weird. It it's really yeah. weird. I used to not be able to touch them. I've actually gotten much better because I like used to work in a cafe where I like, helped out with a lot of the baking and like have to be around bits. it. Yeah. And it's great because like there's absolutely no way that like you're gonna get away with being like, I can't I can't touch that actually. So it's a good way of like facing the fear. Put a few of these yellow boys in. Oh yeah. Just a bit of colour. I love know? a multicoloured tomato. I love selection. a multicoloured um but yeah, so tomatoes, I used to be very like, oh, it's a bit close to fruit for me. Yeah, because they are technically but, a fruit. Exactly. They? Yeah, but now I absolutely love them. So tell me how long you've been in Paris. So I've been here since 2012 and it was June 2012. So it's my France anniversary this month. Yeah, I kind of like, honestly, it's the it's the the classic thing of like, you know, I came for a sort of an indetermined like an undetermined amount of time I was like I'll just go and like see what's what and see what it's like because you must have been like really very early 20s I was that's the thing I was like 21 or 22 and I think there's like a real you can get away with so much if you move country when you're really young because like everyone sort of expects you to be a little bit generally clueless and I was like I am that yes thank you how does one open a bank account and so I think you can really like get away with loads but yeah, so like came, sort of bopped around like cluelessly for a few years. Like probably really only got a good sort of sense of the place like two years ago. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. spent, spent a while just being like, hmm. And could you speak French when you moved here? I thought I could. Like I, I was like, yeah, thing. French, definitely grand. It's going to be fine. No worries. And then obviously spent a while sort of being like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I didn't get, like, didn't get any of it. But it's good. I mean, like, it's the classic thing. It's the same thing everybody says. It's like, you know, it's the best way to learn is just to, like, throw yourself in and be really clueless. And then eventually, one day, you realise that you've stopped having to look up all the vocab before any interaction. So, like, you can go into, like, the supermarket and feel confident, you know. I actually, I've got, I've got quite a good one. I remember I have this, like, really, like, pinpoint moment. Because, like, my French is still by no means perfect. Like, I hang out with a lot of English speakers and it could be a lot better for how long I've been here. Like, it's very good and it's very convincing and it's very all those things, you know. Yeah, inter- that's um, interesting you, we use the word convincing. That's that's what it is. It's totally like a lot of it is like noises and like gestures. And, and being like, yeah, you know. 
and yeah like my accent has always been like all right mm. when I speak French which was like difficult when I first got here because I was like I'd be like bonjour and they'd be like well hello let's chat and I'd be like uh-huh, no, yeah, let let it exactly I'd be like no no but I remember I was in the supermarket and there was like I was trying to get a packet of coriander down and it was up really high and I couldn't reach it because I'm quite short and I like immediately turned to someone and I was like I was like oh excuse-moi est-ce que vous pouvez m'aider parce que c'est trop like I was like oh it's like it's too high can you help me and he was like yeah sure here's your coriander and I was like thanks a million and then like an hour later I realized that I didn't know god I probably still don't know the word for reach do you know what I mean like I actually don't know how to say like I can't reach that but like the thing was it was like it was the feeling of not being like oh no I can't reach this how am I going to communicate that I can't reach this so that someone will help me? I just turned to someone and was like, that's really high up. Will you help? And so, and I think that's a real thing. It's like, you don't necessarily have to get like perfect, perfect, perfect. You don't need to know every word. But like, if you can just, like when you start drawing from the words that you actually know, yeah, that's when you're like, oh, I've cracked it. Without even thinking I mean? about it. Like, you're not like problem exactly. solving in your head. You're just like, that's it. Yeah, I, you're just I like, this is just how I communicate. Yeah. yeah. And that's a really like... That's a big one for sure. Um, and I definitely like, I got that from my mum because my mum speaks French really well, always has. Like, part of the reason I moved here was because we used to come here so much when I was younger. But she'll always be like, we'll be like, oh yeah, mum's like basically fluent in French. And she's like, no, 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 I've got 500 words. That's her like refrain. She's like, no, I've got 500 words. But like, I, we'd be on holiday in the south of France and we'd like have to have some weird dealing with like the car rental company. And she'd be like, no, no, it's fine. And she would just be like chatting away, you know. And I think that's a real thing. So that's definitely, I think. A lot of that comes down to confidence, doesn't it? I mean, that's the I really think so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Literally, look at that. That's all it is. So beautiful. Put some salt in there. Get some anchovies on the go. Um, There's nothing I want to eat more. Thank you. Literally, that's it. There's also like a really good. Hang on, look at this guy. Literally, there's this great little. um, There's like a cremerie, like a not quite a fromagerie, like a place that literally like the size of that. Big mozzarella. Yeah. It's not just any, it's a tress. It's a little mozzarella plat. Delicious. Oh my God, I've never so heard of that. As well. It's so good. Um, what am I in here for? Anchovies. Um, in a Malden. Is, do you find your... <laughs> always always Malden. Do you find that um, your food vocab is something that you've really like made an effort to like look up um, for? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Just like, I mean for practical reasons. More than yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's definitely like food vocab and also like knowing things like... Um, like cuts of meat and like how they translate and stuff. I went to the butcher one time and was like, I'm trying to make pulled pork. And What's they were like, pork what? I literally was like, je sais pas comment on dit en français, mais en anglais c'est pulled pork. And all the lads in the butcher were like, what? Huh? <laughs> and I was just like, okay, let me see if I can now describe pulled pork in French to someone who's like, what is that? And so I was like, okay, it's like sort of like, you know, it's sort of in like bits and he's like okay so I'll cut it and I was like no no don't because you cook it just the whole thing and then it like falls apart and they're like but okay so it's just like really tight and I was like no it's different it's pulled it's pulled and they're like doing the pulling motion and they're just like genuinely like no clue so that kind of thing like figuring out and like if you're reading like an American recipe or whatever um would translate yeah like sort of bit or and not even translation sometimes that's the thing it's just different it's cultural that's the thing it's like finding an equivalent more than it is um a 
like direct translation you know yeah. so that's been quite interesting and like you know and it's little things as well like getting um getting used to like shopping at a market which can actually be like slightly intimidating mm. because you're like I don't really know how it works am I supposed to take the things or do you and that kind of depends on the market so just mm. like you know again that's like it's such a comfort thing like being able to like confidently shop at a market was really satisfying because I spent so long just being like help like I want not that many like I was forever but accidentally buying like a kilo of things so I was just like, I just want some. And they were like, cool, a kilo? And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> I was like, they start bagging a kilo. How much is a kilo? That's yeah. the thing. I'd be like, I don't know. And then they start bagging a kilo. And I wouldn't have the like stones to be like, no, not that much, please. Whereas now I'd be like, what are you doing? Come on now. Yeah. Stop. I obviously didn't mean a kilo. Then you get to the point where you understand when they're joking, which is great because they love a joke yeah. at the market. They'll be like, oh, a kilo. <laughs> and you know, to be like, I get that that's a joke now. And I won't be like, yep, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, what? And I'm like, well, I've said it now. So I have to just press on through. So yes, I will have like a kilo of whatever that thing is. Mushrooms. Like literally, you're like, the, the fear is that you'll accidentally come back with like bags and bags of mushrooms and be like, well, Googling how does one store mushrooms. You must have like, looked back and been like, literally. Oh, oh my oh, God. Joking. Every time I'm like, oh, they were ripping the piss. Okay. It's good to know now. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The trials and tribulations of like being foreign in a foreign country and like trying to figure out how to do your bits, like. So uh, what was, I mean, obviously you were really young when you left home. Yeah. What was your relationship yeah. with food when back in Dublin? Um, well, my, my parents like both cook and it's really great because they're like, they're both, um, they both have like really strong points, you know? So like my mum, I genuinely have rarely had better fish than what my mum cooks. She cooks fish so well. And, and then, like, so you said you went to boarding school. Like, I've, I, I always think that's really oh interesting gosh. in terms of food. Because, I mean, I have, like, a sort of Mallory Towers, like... That's the thing. Before, so I... So I basically, like, I decided to go to boarding school myself. I was, Brilliant. like, 12 years old. My parents were, like, oh, I don't think you're going to stay in the school that you were in for primary school. So, like, you know, do you want to start, like, looking at other options? And I was, like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And they were like, okay, well, you know, here are some prospectuses. And I was like, oh, I like the look of this one. And they're like, well, I mean, you can look at a few more. And I was like, no, this one looks nice. Look at this. And they were like, Ellen, that's like a Protestant boarding school, like out in the sticks. And I was like, cool, sounds good. And like, because my family home is like, you know, sort of quite near the city centre in Dublin. And I went to like uh, like a Catholic boarding school. Like my, my family is very like, we're like not any, like not religious at all. I went to church and stuff. Um, and then they were like, that's such a strange choice. And I was like, well, I don't know, I like the look of it. And so we like went out to have a look at it. And then I just was like, this seems cool. And my parents were like, so are you saying you want to go to boarding school? And I was like, sure, why not? And so then for ages, basically like for a long time, we had, we had spent a lot of time with them being like, you know, it's not going to be like the chalet school. And I was like, yeah, no, definitely. Definitely yeah. not. No, no, I know, I know, not. I know. No midnight like, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I am aware of that, but like. No ponies. Yeah, it's got to be yeah, a bit yeah. though, right? Yeah, I was like, but like maybe a little bit. Um, was it? No, um, no, it wasn't. I mean, it's great. Listen, boarding school, like you know, I, I don't know, school is school. I'm yeah. kind of like, I had a pretty like, because people are often like, what was that like? And I was like, well, I was there for six years, so like sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad, sometimes it was middling. Yeah, the food was always like pretty not great. Okay, I will say that. Definitely, like we would have kind of. You know, we would have like lasagna and chips day and that would be really exciting. 
so would you look forward to going home and having like your mum's definitely fish and definitely yeah yeah for sure and like also one of the things oh god i've just had a really bad flashback of like there was one thing that we used to get in the canteen because I've actually blocked a lot of it out. Like I couldn't tell you like a, a full like week's worth of meals. I'm like, I don't know. We did have beef stroganoff. Oh, I mean that done badly. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like it's basically, it's like anything, you know, obviously it's like cooking for like an army or whatever, you know, it's like anything that we made in like large quantities is good. But like then obviously, oh, just beef stroganoff. It's dreadful. And then in the morning, like breakfast was worse. We would have like, honestly, the, saddest little breakfast like there would be like a big trough of like one type of cereal and then a big trough of another type of cereal and like the most fun one would be cocoa pops and that was not very often so it's usually like a cornflake or a rice crispy mm-hmm. then we'd have like some slice pan but like no toaster except on weekends because there were too many people to be using toasters and stuff so like just like really soft bread and then like little pats of like Kerrygold which is great obviously love Kerrygold forever but like the little pats that were like straight out of the fridge so like rock so you'd be trying to rub you'd be trying to like butter slice pan like from the centre of the loaf like really soft with like rock hard Kerrygold and you just see like this is but like but it's great because you develop you know when you're in a situation like boarding school you develop so many like tricks so what you'd do is even if you didn't drink tea you'd get a cup of tea and you'd sit the butter underneath the cup of tea genius and you'd obviously like try not to forget You'd also have slip butter in your pockets to bring back to the dorms because we had toasters in the dorms in like the later, when we were like sort of like third year onwards. And then obviously you'd forget about it and you'd find it like in your pocket in the middle of like English halfway through the day. It's like, just echoes of Handmaid's Tale where they still oh my God, like, would, like, literally, like, literally, you'd be like, oh guys, like people would be going around being like, just I don't have any butter. You'd be like, yeah. But do you know what? I actually think like, this is genuinely like just occurring to me, but mm, I think there's a there was definitely because I'm a very like treat like a lot of my the way that I like cook and the way that I eat is very like I'm just gonna have only exactly what I want mm-hmm. yeah and I'll get like that. yeah and I'll get like halfway through the day I'll get like a really strong like yen for something and I'll be like I know that I'm gonna have to stop to get like all the ingredients for that while I, like I've got a full pantry full of like perfectly good things I could make something a bit more sensible and I'm like. I'm not going to. I'm going to stop and get all the ingredients for that and I'm going to make it. It's going to be great. And like, you know, and I'll get like, what, like I'll get like a nice tin of anchovies and I'll get, you know, I love that kind of eating. And like in boarding school, you would have your tuck with you. God, it's so funny. You know the words that you like say constantly? So specific. And it actually happens with the word tuck in like a couple of years. That was very much like you'd like pack up your tuck box like on a Sunday and you'd bring it back and it was like really exciting to have, you know. And you'd have to like, you know, eke it out for the week. Sometimes you'd just be like, ah, fuck it. And you'd like binge it all on a Monday and be like, don't have anything left. So I don't have anything interesting. But like, I think that was definitely like, that's probably quite formative actually, you know, the so idea of like, you, you have, have your like it? nice things. God, I tell you, if you could convince whoever was doing the shopping that weekend, to do a Marks and Spencer's shop. Oh my God. Like literally the fanciest tuck you could ever imagine. So good. Like obviously you couldn't do like anything that's too perishable, but we did have, there was like a, there was um, a shopping center, like a big kind of okay, mall yeah. just across. It's actually across the M50, which is like a big motorway. So we'd go across this like bridge and we'd be let out on a Wednesday afternoon. You could get special permission to like go over to the shopping center and just like, mill about and like get a giant Starbucks and that kind of thing but it was like the height of like yeah we're going out we're gonna like do some stuff but there was Marks and Sensors there and we used to buy 
you know like Marks and Spencer's cookies and they come mm. in like a little paper bag and there's five of them they come from the bakery yes. you know and they like pump that smell all the way around the whole shop honestly you could use those as currency like genuinely you'd be like I've got for you <laughs> like literally you could trade anything so what with them. could you get it's like cigarettes in prison like literally so good you get favours you get like trade it for other tuck things as well it's great yeah but it would mostly be like what would it be I guess it would be like crisps maybe mm. and like those little tubs that they sell at Marks and Spencer's that was mm-hmm. obviously the dream like the crispy the little, like, yeah the little yeah. Swiss rolls and things mm-hmm. <laughs> it is I, th- I can see how that would make you very treat oriented because it's entirely That's like it. yeah yeah it's yeah. almost like fetishising oh totally yeah yeah <laughs> you're like and it's like it's very sort of itemised yeah. you know so it's not just like like junk food as like treat food it's yeah. like no no specifically like this one kind of thing yeah. you know Got this in the bio shop, by the way. Oh, it's look a nice at this. one. It's so on this is sale. A French olive oil. Yeah. Oh, cold extraction. Oh, it listen. Only cold the best. Fresh. Only the best. Just going to chuck a little bit of that in there. Oh, yeah. It's one of those that comes out really slowly, so you know it's good. Yeah, you know it's expensive. So, like, careful. <laughs> careful. <laughs> and you're going home. I am. I am. I'm moving back to Dublin. In a few months, it's actually wild. I'm, like, really... Because, like, my flatmate's moving out this week, and so it's all just gotten very real, very yeah. suddenly. Because, like, I'm, um, oh, hey, your pal. There's Hannah. Um, that was good timing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God. Literally like, just Hannah, said. Your <laughs> oh, my God. Hannah, we just conjured you. Hi. We were talking Hi. about you. Yeah. We were just Hi. saying you were moving out this week. We are, but come on no, in. But come on oh, in. Oh, Join so the fray. No, not at Don't all. Don't worry. No, Join the fray. Lovely. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you about to reach while the thump, thump, thump of my heart, heart, heart is warms and revives the resin in that old wood bed frame, and the whole thing comes alive and grows, branches, rots, leaves, and carves into that space between us. Speaking of Dublin, I just saw there was an Irish Times um, article. Someone sent me a screenshot of it. No word of a lie. The Irish Times being like, Ireland set for a heat wave as temperatures rise towards 28 degrees. And I was just like, are you messing? Are you joking? 28 degrees? Go and shite. Like what? Oh God! And all my friends are like, "Oh, it's warming up," but I'm like, "How dare you? Yeah, it's 35 <laughs> degrees here at 5 p.m. My highlighter is oh, like literally. I was just like, "Oh yeah, sounds difficult." Oh God! So why well, are you yes. going back? Why are you, why are you leaving this 35 degree? I know. I know. I can't, can't think right Heaven. now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so lovely. Um, I don't know. It's like it's funny, you know. I'm like, because it's. Oh my god, this is pro level by the way, oh, rubbing yeah. the garlic flavour. Just on so the delicious. Oh. This is very this is a very Patricia Quinn move. My mum did this, has done this forever. And this was one of my first like kitchen jobs. You know, it was like I got to do it. But it's great. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, I love Paris so much. I really, really do. Like, I mean, you know, I could talk for another two hours about, like, how, you know, how complicated it is, like, living here and loving it here and also simultaneously feeling quite foreign, you know. And, like, I mean, the whole idea of home is something that I just find so fascinating and, like, you know, um, and I think... I really like, I think about it a lot you know I think about like what what home is and like you know and how one like makes it and what you know what that means and having like maybe two homes or that kind of thing and for a while I think I did feel like I had sort of two homes because obviously like, I'm sort of because Dublin's so close you know it's not like I'm Australian mm. sort of being like just trying to make it here like I can go home for a weekend really easy and I do quite often and so I've, I've kept like maybe not all the time like a foot there and a foot here but like a toe you know, and like, I don't know, I just, I really love Dublin. Like, I think it's really, like, it's cool. It's like, there's such good food stuff happening there at the moment, like, and in Ireland, like, I mean, again, like, don't get me started about West Cork, the best place in the world. And I think it's like, it's a thing of like getting older. I'm aware I'm rambling now, but like, it's a thing of like getting older as well. I'm like, I feel like I don't want the kind of like, oh, mad, like living in this like different city and so on. I'm kind of like, I want to like go home and like, you know, go for sea swims and like have big lunches oh. with all my big group of friends. Do you know what I mean? Like, because all of my friends as well, like, I, I mean, obviously in Paris, I have amazing friends. Like, I've been so lucky because like, I do music and like with all the music, you meet so many people and so on. So like, I have great friends here. But the friends that I have here, I'm really confident that I'm going to be able to like, because that's the great thing about living abroad is you get really good at like, you know, the WhatsApp groups. I think about this a bit because I've been thinking about, you know, the possibility of leaving London where I've lived for 13 yeah. years yeah. and the friends that I've made there. And I think I always I always sort of thought about moving somewhere else in my early 20s. And ultimately, mm-hmm. like, I think it came down to the fact that I was already living in a city where I fully didn't feel at home, but I yeah. didn't want to go home home because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like that was home anymore. Like, in terms of, you know, like, I love my family and I will always go and see my parents and their house is very much home, but I didn't yeah. feel like the area was home to me. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. like... I felt like my newfound home in London was almost like too precarious yeah, for yeah, me to totally. leave it. Yeah. For me to go somewhere else and be like, but will it all still be the same? And do you know what yeah. bottom line is? Like 10 years down the line, it would have been the same. Like yeah. I could have left for three years and come yeah. back and it would have been fine. But it's really hard to know that, I think, yeah. if you have that level of uncertainty yeah. at 21, which is why I'm always like, no, exactly. I love hearing that people who've kind of moved away at a young age and kind of really made it work. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I completely agree about the notion of home. Like, yeah. I think it's so complicated. And that's, and that's a really nice thing as well as, like... Because like, I've had kind of complicated feelings around, like, leaving and all of that over the years. Like, there was a time where I kind of felt like it would maybe be, like, slightly failing at having, like, mm. moved away. You know, going home and, like, just, like, going back home and being like, yeah, you know, would be failing in but some way. That's the thing. I'm like, now I'm gone. I've got seven years under my belt. I'm like, no, I did it. I did it. It's interesting as well because that idea of like, like you say, like sort of home, home, you know? And for a while when I was thinking about going home, I kind of chafed against the idea of it being like home, home. Like I kept saying, no guys, I'm like, I'm sort of phrasing this as like I'm moving to Dublin. I'd like if we could like not kind of go like, oh, you're moving back or like you're moving home. I was like, I really would like if we could sort of phrase it as like I'm actually just moving, I'm relocating cities, you know? And I kind of chafed against it because again, I think it was like remnants of the like, is that failure in some way? But, um, but now I'm actually really excited to like go home, home. And it's be in really the same nice. state as your family. Like, same state so as lovely. my family. Yeah, like you know, my family's all still there, and like you know, I've got like my niece and my nephew who are like growing up, and like my friends are trying to have babies, and I'm like, well, obviously I want to be around for like all the babies, 
And I don't know, and also there's like, I mean, again, listen, like you'll have to stop me at some point because like, I could talk about this forever and ever, but like, there's something really nice. I was at, I'll do, I'll, okay, I'll tell you one like anecdote of like what really illustrates it and then I promise I'll stop. But like, I was home for the, the day that the results were announced for the referendum. And I felt a thing, I think that was, I had been on the fence and I was kind of like, oh, you know, maybe, or maybe this is just another time that I'm like, maybe I'll move home. And then I actually decided no. And I felt something that was like, I was in Dublin Castle, which is like a big sort of public space. And like the the feeling of kind of being, there was like a community thing. It was like the feeling of like being part of something and like being there and being like in it. And, you know, I don't know, it was really like, it's, it was hard to describe, but it was really interesting. And I was like, this is a feeling that I do not get in Paris this feeling of like, I guess you could call it community. It almost feels too simple, but like, and that was the thing for me that was like, okay, I think like this is, you know, this is where I want to be. And like now, like genuinely, like all I can think about, I keep fixating on like, cause I'm going to live with my parents for a little while. It's going to be so cool. I'm going to be a 30 year old <laughs> living with my parents. It's going to be so cool. But my parents have this great big dining table, right? And like every time I go home, like often when I go and visit, I'll have like, you know, my mum who's great, she'll be like, oh, we'll clear out, we'll give you the place, you know. My mum does not speak like that, but that's what all Irish people do for their like mum voice. But she's like, we'll clear out, we'll like give you the, you know, <clears throat> we'll give you the dining room. And like, so I'll have like all my friends over and it's great because like, you know, everyone else lives in like smaller places. So it's one of the only places that we can actually like fit all of us sitting at sitting a luxury, table. Yeah. And like, that, like that's, and all I can think about is I'm just like, oh my God, I'm gonna be able to do that like on the regular. I was like, what are you gonna cook? What's the first thing you're gonna cook? Oh my god! Well, listen. First of all, loads of them are vegetarian now, so I'm like, all right, that's fine. No, but like, you're not in Paris anymore. I know. I'm like, I'm still gonna cook a roast. I'm like, I'm gonna cook a lamb shoulder, and you can all have the sides. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Vegetarianism is great, but the lamb is so good in Ireland, though. I may. I used to make the mistake. I definitely. It's been very trial and error because obviously, when you're doing that, you want like you actually want to be like involved in the whole thing. So I used to do a thing where everyone would be like, oh, when you made the risotto, that you made the really good risotto. Oh. Like obviously risotto is not a sociable thing to cook because you have to stand there and stir it the whole time. And so I'd be standing in the kitchen and like everyone would be like in the dining room and they're like, they're adjoining rooms, you know. But like, still. You so I'd be there and I'd be like stirring, stirring, like adding a bit of stock and stirring again, like adding a bit more and stirring it. And like, you know, everyone would like erupt in laughter and I'd be like, what was the joke? Tell me the joke, say the joke again, what was it? You know, so never again a risotto. I've learned not a thing that you need to like actively stand by. You've got to learn by these things. Exactly. Though. You've got to try it. Exactly. I love a roast. Obviously, the idea of a roast right now is hellish because it's thirty-five degrees. But like in winter, I love a roast. I mean, also like my parents have like a vegetable garden. Oh, God. oh genuinely, like didn't know how much. I never knew I'd reach a point in my life where I really coveted a garden this Same, much. Same. I hear that. Oh my yeah. God, kale, like cavallonero, just growing. Just growing in the garden. Do you know what she paid for that? Big shop? thing of like, Swiss chard. Come in, have an armful, and like that's enough to feed like three people. I mean, so I'm gonna much. move there. I literally, I'm like, I'm, I've actually become slightly evangelistic about the whole thing now. I'm like, everyone, let's just all go. Let's all go, and we'll live half the time in Dublin, half the time in West Cork. We'll all learn how to drive. It'll be great. <laughs> just Sold. now. Oh, listen. It's great, I'm Let, excited. Let's eat these tomatoes. Oh my god. You get the wine out of the freezer. Yes, yes, right. yes. Oh god, yeah. Wine out of the freezer. While the thump, thump, thump of my heart, 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 it warms and revives the resin in that old wood bed.
thank you so much to Ellen Quinn Banville for the perfect tomato salad and the perfect Parisian heatwave evening. And a special extra thanks goes to Ellen and her bandmate Fanola, who make music together as Pembroke and very kindly gave me permission to use some of their tracks in this episode. You've heard Dizzy, Thump Thump and The Fear, which are all taken from Pembroke's recent album At Sea, available on all good streaming platforms and to buy on Apple Music. You can follow Pembroke on Instagram at pembroke.music and Ellen herself at Ellen Quinn Bamble. It was interesting to me in this episode that lots of what we talked about, kind of complicated notions of home, navigating cooking and food shopping in a second language, had similarities with the episode I did with Christy earlier this year. If you haven't listened to Christy talk about the delights of regional German food, I'd really recommend going back a couple of episodes in the Lecker feed and having a listen. I should say thank you to Paris-based producer Laurie Martinez, who invited me to the party where I met Ellen. Laurie makes lots of excellent food podcasts, and this was a wrap party for Dinner for One, a podcast produced by Laurie and hosted by Satania. It's a personal narrative of finding your feet in a new city around the meals you cook and eat, and I highly recommend it. And I should also say that this is the first episode I've released since winning an award. This is now officially an award-winning podcast. If you haven't seen me uh, being very excited about it all over the internet, then uh, I'm delighted to inform you that Lekker won Podcast of the Year at the Fortnum & Mason Food and Drinks Awards this year, which took place back in May. It was a massive surprise to win and a really huge honour. And so if you're a new listener off the back of that, then welcome. Uh, and thanks again to the judges and everyone who supported this. Uh, it's just really, really means the world to me that... Um, an independent passion project such as Lekka won this award and I'm going to be over the moon about it forever so thank you I've got a little run of episodes planned for the next kind of couple of months uh, late summer early autumn make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen so you never miss one that could be apple it could be spotify it could be uh, audio boom you could be listening on your google home you just have to say uh, play like a podcast i've been trying to get it to recognize the word lecker for two years now and finally got there um and you can also find pictures and little extra bits of content and me talking about crisps on Twitter and Insta at Lekker Podcast. I'm actually, by the magic of uh, scheduling, I'm in Japan the day that this goes out and I'll be there for three weeks in August. So if you want to see loads of pictures of Japanese food, definitely head over to the Lekker Instagram. I will deliver, absolutely. And I will be back with another episode in a couple of weeks. The throat days roll over dead shoulder days and flat face. On a pillow I breathe